Hello, and welcome to the Doctors Washington Podcast. On this episode of The Plug, we will discuss financing medical school. Every aspiring physician thinks about the cost of medical education, and frankly, the cost is the reason that many don't pursue the degree. We will discuss topics you should consider when determining how to finance your medical education. So let's start with the basics. How much does it even cost to go to medical school? The cost of your medical education depends on the school you choose. Most students leave medical school with at least $100,000 in debt. And nearly half of all medical school graduates leave with more than $200,000 in loans. This can be prohibitive. I mean, the idea of having this much money that you owe someone can sometimes be a little daunting. When considering the school to attend, understand that state schools may be more economical than private institutions, and tuition can vary widely. Are there things that students should think about before um, applying that could financially impact their ability to pay for medical school? Definitely. So the first thing is maintain good credit. A low credit score could make you unable to qualify for federal student loans or even private student loans. So number two, save. Um, Create a budget in college to understand what your monthly expenses are. And then you can determine what, if any, role savings can play into contributing to your medical education. Um, It's notable to mention that We know that given all the costs that you come into contact with in medical school, your savings may not cover your tuition, but even if you're able to pay for a few books, um, a few books here or there, rent or utilities, it will decrease the amount of loans that you'll have to take out in order to go to medical school. Also, third, um, you know, just considering if there are you know, members of your family that could be able to assist. Um, You know, some people do have additional resources there that um, may be on the table. So it's something to think about if that's available. Many Many understand that there is no possible way that they can pay out of pocket for a medical education unless they have means of their own. And let's face it, that's just not a reality for most Americans. Um, So let's talk about some other financial options to help you afford medical school. I think one of the things we should start the discussion um, with is about money that doesn't have to be paid back. So free money is good money, especially when it comes to paying for your education. Many students who are looking to go into medical school may already have some student loan debt. And so decreasing the overall amount of debt that students have is always a good thing. As an aside, um, for anyone listening that might be deciding what undergraduate institution to attend, go to the one that will get you into medical school, but will cost you the least. Full scholarships for undergrad are awesome because you could go into medical school without any student loan debt at all. Let's consider scholarships and grants because that's free money. The number of scholarships available to finance medical school are not as abundant as those to finance undergraduate education, but they do exist. Many medical schools have need-based scholarships and merit-based scholarships. 
These may not be widely published, but may be available on the medical school's website. So definitely check into that. You may also need to contact the school's financial aid office to get details. Inquire about scholarships or grants that may be specific to traditionally marginalized and underrepresented groups if you fit into those categories. Don't leave any money on the table. Don't underestimate the role of the financial aid officers. They are at every school and their job is to help navigate financial aid. So use them. Your pre-med grad advisor may also be able to answer some detailed questions about school-specific things when it comes to financial aid. So ask them as well. These are all resources to you. Also, the AAMC offers several online resources to help as well. So next, let's talk about loans. Nobody likes student loans, but unfortunately, they're a necessary evil that we need to finance medical school due to the cost. So number one, the first thing you need to make sure you do is that you fill out the FAFSA. It's an application to help determine basically your financial status and what you will be eligible for um, related to financial aid for your schooling. It's also really important to understand the different types of loans that are available for medical school. Um, There are two main types. So the direct unsubsidized loan and then the direct plus loan that's also known as the grad plus loan. So I'll talk a bit about the direct unsubsidized loan and then I'll let Dr. Jasmine give us some insights about the grad plus loan. So in the direct unsubsidized loans, it is not really based on your financial need, but the amount that you can borrow is based on the cost of attendance and on the other financial aid that you receive. So interest does accrue on these loans during school and you're responsible for paying that interest during all periods. So if you choose not to pay on that interest while you're in school, um, such as during And during grace periods, deferment, forbearance, the interest will accrue and be capitalized. So that basically means whatever interest you owe will be added to the amount of the principal. So it'll make your loan overall larger. Um, And so this is something that was pretty confusing to me. And so I wanted to kind of give an example to help you all understand it a bit more. So if you borrow $100,000 for year one of medical school, at 5% interest that accrues annually. Um, Just kind of as a side note, most of it doesn't accrue annually. It usually accrues like daily or or monthly or something like that. But so $100,000 a year uh, for year one of medical school at 5% interest. So at the end of that year, you'll owe $105,000. So the next year, your new principal amount will be $105,000. And then the interest for that next year will be $5,250. And so then your new principal for year um, two would be $110,000, $250 and so on. So you can see how that can really add up over time, particularly if you're getting more loans, like for year two of medical school, year three, year four of med school. So you can see how that number can, can climb very quickly. Um, so it's important to know about Um, the unsubsidized loans that are available from the federal uh, government. So Dr. Jasmine, talk to us a bit about the grad plus loan. So direct plus loans or grad plus loans, they are also not based on financial need. 
Um, it does require a credit check. So that'll that's kind of harping back on what we mentioned earlier. Make sure as best you can that your credit is uh, is as best as it can be so that you can be eligible for all of the financial aid options that are out there. If you do have a less than ideal credit history, um, you may need to meet additional qualifications in order to receive these types of loans, or you may even be denied. So that's why uh, that piece in your credit is important. Um, the maximum amount that you can receive of this type of loan depends on the cost of attendance at the particular school that you're looking at, minus any other financial aid that you receive. So your, your best bet is to try to look at all options that are out there, and then that'll help you calculate what combination of all of these things you may need to fund your education. Yeah, that's all really important information. I think it's also important that you that we talk about uh, the difference between federal and private loans. So not only do we have the government-sponsored loans, but um, some private institutions will also loan money to students um, to finance their medical education. And so you just have to weigh the benefits uh, versus the drawbacks of each one of those. So I'll talk a bit about the federal loans, and then I'll let Dr. Jasmine talk about the private loans. For the federal loans, you know, some of the benefits are that the terms of repayment can be flexible. You know, you can change those repayment terms based on your situation. So, of course, while in uh, residency or fellowship, you can defer or uh, go on forbearance for those loans. Again, most of the time, the interest does still accrue for those loans, um, but they do give you uh, a bit more leniency there. Also, if you have a job where you make less money or if you have a time of unemployment or something like that, then you can change those repayment terms so that you will be able to make those um, make significantly smaller payments. Also, loan forgiveness may be available through a program called the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. You do have to make some payments over a period of time and then they'll forgive the rest of the loans. And I think we'll talk a bit about that a little bit later. Uh, again, I already mentioned talked. I already mentioned about postponing the payments during your training periods, uh, so during residency and fellowship. And then another uh, key thing is that most of those loans that you get from the federal government are available for consolidation through the direct consolidation loan program. So you may be able to get multiple loans consolidated into one loan. And oftentimes that loan will have a lower interest rate, meaning that you're paying back less money over time. And then um, the interest rate on the federal loans vary, but once the money is dispersed to you, it's at a fixed rate. So at least you know kind of what you're dealing with. And then uh, the student loan rates for the federal loans are only uh, recalculated each academic year which begins on July 1st, which could often be a little bit different for some of those private loans that may be uh, granted through private institutions. So Dr. Jasmine, tell us a bit about the private loans. Different private loans are, are offered by different institutions and they each come with their own um, set of policies and procedures. Uh, one thing to mention is the interest rate. It can either be a variable interest rate or a fixed interest rate. Um, Dr. Latayan was mentioning before how once um, you know federal loans are dispersed, it's at a fixed rate. Well, some of these private loans can have 
uh, interest rates that that change with time. So that's something to know. Um, variable rates may start off or variable interest rates may start off low and then increase with time. So that's important to know the um, specifics about the loan type that you're looking at at a particular institution. Also, your loan interest rates may be based on your credit worthiness. Again, um, mentioning about your credit score so that you may um, need a co-signer if your credit isn't as high as it needs to be to be approved from, from that particular institution. Um, repayment may be required while you're in school and in residency or fellowship, which is a difference from the federal loans where you can defer or, um, or go into forbearance um, to, to avoid payment during that time. And also these um, other things, as I mentioned, repayment, deferment, forbearance, a grace period, a loan forgiveness options, all of these may also be limited when using private loan uh, institutions so, or institutions that offer private loans. So just make sure that you know about that in the terms when you're looking at different at different options. And also something that's also kind of crazy, but I'll mention it here. So death and our disability loan district may not be available uh, in with these private loans, which uh, is also something to know. That may that means basically if you become disabled for any reason and where you, to the point where you cannot work, or if you know unfortunately you pass away, your family or those uh, closest to you may be in charge of paying back that loan amount, depending on the terms of that particular institution. So that's very important to, to know about because that can be a stickler. So what students need to understand is that sometimes private loans may be beneficial. So if the private loan interest rate is lower, then it may be more beneficial than the federal loans, particularly if a student is certain that they will um, get a large income, say, in a short period of time um, before they graduate from medical school. So say they are getting, you know, a large payout of some sort during that time, or if they have access to additional funds to pay the loan back, even with a limited residency income. And for some individuals, that is um, the case that they're dealing with. So in that instance, a private loan may be more beneficial um, than the federal student loans at that time. You know, I think overall, the main thing with any loan is when you get that promissory note, don't just sign and then forget about it. Like you have to read that with a fine tooth comb because you are responsible to repay all of those amounts um, that you sign for. Like when you sign, you are committing to repaying the amount uh, that they are loaning you for your education. Also understand that there are other options such as loan repayment programs that are available. There are various types. One is the National Health Profession Scholarship Program. This is a military program in which they provide full tuition scholarship and a monthly stipend in exchange for a specified term commitment to a branch of U.S. Armed Forces. So some people go down that route. That process also, um, by the way, sometimes comes with a little bit higher of a, a salary in your residency, but you do have to pay that time back. So um, remember that. 
Another option is the National Health Service Corps that can also provide an option for uh, loan repayments. And so you may want to Google that in order to get some more information about how that process works. The Indian Health Service, um, which should probably be renamed Native American Health Service, but whatever, um, is the a loan forgiveness program uh, for serving marginalized and under-resourced communities on our Native American um, lands. And they also provide loan forgiveness for that. The Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program is a setup in which physicians who are employed by the government or nonprofit organizations um, who make their loan payments for 10 years and meet a few other criteria can have the remainder of their debt forgiven. But the key here is that you have to make those payments for 10 years on your own before they would come in and, and consider um, planning for forgiveness of the remainder of your debt. Usually these loans are um, set up over 20 years. And so you've already paid off half of your debt by the time that you get to that point, just FYI. Um, also, there are other private, public, and governmental institutions that offer loan repayment as a benefit of your employment. Um, if you're a highly sought-after uh, candidate, you can sometimes include some of your loan repayment in your contracts. That's all about negotiations, which we'll do a separate, um, a separate episode about contract negotiations. But there are several ways to consider um, getting loan repayment that can decrease your burden of debt. Um, but most of them come with some sort of string attached, if you know what I mean. So as you guys can see, overall, financing medical school is a large and daunting commitment. But the key in the long run is to make wise choices early and study hard, because at the end of the day, the goal is to successfully complete medical school. So then you can go to a training program that sets up the rest of your career. You must successfully graduate to secure the degree and training to pay back those loans. So overall, having the knowledge of the loans available, knowing your personal loan stats and an idea of what repayment will look like for you is the key to success. Um, I want to reiterate to make sure you um, contact your financial aid officer at the school that you're interested in because they can be an invaluable resource and they have knowledge of additional scholarships and grants from private funding re related to that particular institution that may not be widely publicized. So check into uh, to their, what they have access to because uh, they can open the door to other financial resources that you or that you weren't aware of already. That is a lot of information about financing medical school, but I think that we can all say that we wish we had known much more about this before applying and going to medical school, just so we would know what we were up against when we all got out of medical school and were faced with repaying student loans. So hopefully you found it helpful as you continue on your journey to becoming a physician. You can find out more information about financing your medical education on the AAMC website at students-residents.aamc.org. Thanks for listening to this episode about financing your medical education. Please continue to listen to future episodes on your preferred podcast platform and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music to stay up to date on our weekly releases. Until next time. The music on the Doctors Washington podcast is by artist Mike Burton. He's a Jackson, Mississippi native on his album, Soulful, and the track is entitled All Right. It is available on iTunes. I believe that it's going to be
pasando 